0: Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. today. I'm so excited for this episode. I have Jennifer DiPiola from Doctors for Dancers. She's the CEO and founder of this amazing resource, specifically targeted for dancers. And I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us, Jennifer.
1: Thank you so much for having us. I so appreciate you.
0: Yes. Well, I'm so excited to finally meet you. Uh, We've had a conversation before, but I'm really excited to bring more attention and awareness to the resource that you've established for dancers. One of the things that I kept hearing from uh, viewers, from listeners, is just that, you know, there are challenges, I think, with being a professional cheerleader. And some of the teams are far more advanced than others and having medical resources available to dancers. But some people just are kind of stuck figuring it out on their own. And, You know, there's a lot of injuries, as you know. So I'm just super excited about this episode to talk about your background as a dancer and then also how you established Doctors for Dancers. So let's start with your background as a dancer.
1: Yeah, I started probably in the womb, like most dancers, right? I love it. First heartbeat of dance. And um, I, (laughs) I started dancing when I was two. And I loved it. I still remember when I was younger dancing on stage and having my cabbage patch doll with my best friend and in our recital, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody took a tap and a ballet class that was like the general thing. And I grew up in Chicago. So that was just like what everybody started off with was tap and ballet, like that was your thing. And then when we moved to Arizona, I was able to be introduced to a studio called Plum Dance Studio by Lisa and Sheila Plum. And it just kind of skyrocketed from there. I still remember my first class just jamming out. You know, you're just kind of like meant to be. And I danced for many years and did the competition, convention. I taught, choreographed. I did everything. Um, If I slept, I, I was probably... You know, I had my legs in the splits on the wall, which was the a wall. horrible, horrible mistake. You know, you go to sleep dreaming about the choreography that you just learned that day or your competition coming up. It was just all dance for me, whether it was at high school or, you know, on the on competitive side for the studio. Um, and then later on in my high school realm, I started at the dance source under the direction of Judy and Brian Friedman. And that's really where I feel like everything kind of took off in the high school realm wow. for me of like mm-hmm. training. And so back in the day I thought it was a lot of training. It still is compared to today, but you know you dance from Monday through Thursday. You go to school, you go to dance, right? Like that was what you did. You had mm-hmm. Friday off. Some of the weekends were off if you didn't have competition or rehearsal, but for the most part we had our weekends, but even then we would probably be with our dance friends all the time, right? Like it's just all the right. time. But for me I I had an injury Probably my freshman year in high school is when I started having back pain, lower back pain, and Mm. it would go out where I couldn't get up for days. So here I am 14 years old and the pain was so bad. I'm like, I can't move. And so we went to see multiple doctors, specialists, chiropractors, people that look in your eyes, naturopaths, whatever my dad could do. He took Mm -hmm. me to try to get it fixed. And unfortunately, nobody would give us an answer. It was, oh, she's fine. Or, oh, she's flexible or, oh, really? Like, are you sure if something's wrong with you? You know, like people look at you Mm. when you say, I can only put my leg in front of my ear. And usually I can put it behind my ear when I'm stretching. And when people aren't in this, in our realm, they're like, you're fine. Like you're an alien. Like what's the problem here? What's, what's going on? So, you know, just going through the process of Mm -hmm. finding out what was wrong with me. I didn't realize what it really—it took a toll on me mentally because the people that I was in front of didn't take me seriously. Right? Mm -hmm. They're like, "You're a dancer," but to them, a dancer was nothing. A dancer was, "Oh, she's cute," or she just does tap or ballet in this little class after school. But people really don't understand the training and the athleticism that goes into dance. They really just don't. If you're not in our community, you just don't understand it. And that's kind of like how you mentioned earlier about like some teams they have the resources and some of them don't. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a lot of different variables of like what goes into that, but I think for me my opinion would be is that they really just don't understand what you do. They really don't understand it.
0: I think it's at the root of almost like every problem or gripe that I probably have had <laughs> with our community for the longest is just the lack of awareness and and appreciation or respect for what we do and it just carries over in so many different areas that Health and safety is definitely, especially in light of the pandemic and everything, has been something that dancers have been speaking up more about It's just how well they're taken care of. And it just seems like it's probably such a frustrating process if you're trying to get that kind of medical attention. If you don't have an athletic trainer or somebody that understands like what it is that you're doing, like, hey, we're doing head whips and like just to ask the right questions or things that you can help trigger or point to what might be going on within your bodies. So is that kind of what fueled you? Mm-hmm launching doctors for dancers or how did that all come about
1: you know the, the funny thing is is that it came up in my brain probably about 6 years ago we were at a dance convention in full circle my boys now dance Uh, Full circle. So I'm, I'm in the dance industry. Again, I'm sitting here with actually my old dance teacher, by the way, um, Judy Friedman, who I grew up with, she's now at the front desk, because her grandkids are now dancers. And the girl that I grew up with dancing, that's her studio. And so it was just really this full circle moment as an adult. Seeing mm-hmm. all of our kids and family all together was very nostalgic for me. I, I loved it. Yeah. And sitting there, you kind of see the same things happening of kids asking for ice and Advil. And, you know, I'm used to that. It's um, normalcy, mm-hmm. right? It's normal. And we went to a dance convention and I saw somebody there with a massage table, which I've seen numerous times. And usually I'm pretty friendly. I was like, oh, hey, you know, what do you do? She said, I'm a dance medicine specialist. And I said, what is is that? that? (laughs) What is that? Are there more of you out there? Like what, what is this? And so I really started learning about dance medicine, which I didn't know that people actually are out there with a medical background that are learning about dance.
0: That is incredible and exciting because you wouldn't even think that that exists, number one. And then Yeah. Like where are the rest of them and how can you find one? All of those things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So originally I was just like, you, I was just trying, I have a marketing background. And so I'm like, how, how Mm -hmm. do you do this? Like we need to get you in front of people. And it just kind of stemmed into, we need a resource out there so that dancers can find these people because they're so important for us. For people to know that there is somebody out there that is studying dance their craft, their well-being, their love, their heart, their soul, right? Somebody's out there studying what we do. I just instantly felt like we all mattered. Oh, I do you love know what that. I mean. Why am I so sentimental today? I'm like, but <laughs> it's but that's that's important and it's something that
0: uh, we get overlooked so much or just taken for granted in terms of the craft and like how hard we work to build up to this level and to feel like somebody like you said, recognize the discipline enough to want to specialize in it. And I don't know if they're all former dancers or what, but it's just a beautiful thing to show that our bodies matter and taking care of ourselves and prolonging our ability to dance matters. And stuff. no, I totally feel you on that, like big time.
1: <laughs> it is a moment. It really is. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It, it feels good that somebody cares about you that I don't even know them. And And I think that's the same thing for me. Like, I don't know the thousands, millions of dancers out there, but I love all of you. You all have a special place in my heart and whatever we can do to help reduce the amount of injuries that we see mm-hmm. for us to help have you feel that you are supported and cared and loved, you know, like that's important for us to feel because like you said, we we're usually overlooked. We usually are. Mm-hmm. We don't matter. Um, the saddest thing that is still happening today is on a high school level is that if a dancer gets injured. Do you know that at some high schools, if they get turned away because they're not considered an athlete, they actually can't receive services medically from somebody on a school campus because they are labeled as a dancer, because that's not an athlete. So they can't provide services.
0: How oh my is that?
1: gosh, that right? pisses me off.
0: Wow. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah.
1: And it happens at some schools and not others. Now that I'm aware of that problem, obviously I, I did not know that problem. I I didn't know that I could go anywhere in high school except to the school nurse, right? Mm-hmm. If I got injured and at dance, you know, you just kind of go see your doctor. So that now it's nice that they do have these available but why are they not available to everybody? Why are, why is dance always singled out as that we're not athletes? Like, do you have any idea how many weeks and hours it takes to do a two minute piece? Like what we do, the repetition that goes into it, they don't understand. So it really does irk me too, because Mm -hmm. it should matter whether you're a dancer or not. If if somebody's looking for medical services because they're injured, they should be able to receive such- Absolutely.
0: And I don't even know how we got here in terms of looking at cheerleaders or dance teams as like accessories of a sporting team, or I'm sure that NCAA has some sort of title or term for it where they're like spirit squads and not athletes. But I wish that there was definitely, and there probably are efforts to really challenge that because that's again, kind of the root of all the problems, like you said. And if it gets down to impacting your ability to receive medical care and attention, that is super problematic. So if you're at a game and you end up getting injured as a cheerleader in high school or even in, in college and you're not afforded those resources, that distinction means nothing. So yeah, anyhow, don't get me all riled up. I could definitely <laughs> go about that. So how did you go about creating the, the network or researching or finding all the specialists that you're able to refer out to people in our community?
1: it was very difficult at first. It still is very difficult to be honest. Mm-hmm. It it's like a diamond in the rough. When we find someone, mm-hmm. I was able to find another person. I mean, just today, which is so, it's so funny that you said like, are they dancers?
0: Mm-hmm. Like the person that
1: I talked to today has been a massage therapist for almost nine years, but just started dancing the last two years. So some of them have never danced and some of them have just started, or they do have previous dance experiences. Okay. It's, it's all the way all right. around. And it's interesting, probably maybe 90% of the people on our directory are previous dancers. Okay. I mean, we that have a very sense. high amount. We have a very high yeah. amount. And the reason why you see that is the exact same situation that I was in. They got hurt and they didn't have the resources, or they did get hurt, and they did have the resources, and they saw how amazing it was, and they wanted mm. to provide that further, because they have the love of dance, yeah. so I love it when I still see our dance specialists at bar, or in class, I love it, so they yeah. really do understand dance, and like what we are doing, so it really helps them be able to take care of us in a different light. Mm-hmm. One of our goals is that and we tell all of our dance specialists because we interview everybody first before they're coming onto the site is we want any dancer to be able to look and see who's on our site and know when they walk into your office or they come to you, like, these are my people, like they're here to take care of me. And you have mm-hmm. that smile and that, that essence of like, I'm, I'm going to be taken care of. And I think that's important because yeah. for so long, when, when we are in front of another, medical professional, we feel like we're a burden, or that we're, you know, being a baby, like, that's how I felt, you know, about expressing my concerns. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've heard from multiple dancers and cheerleaders that then when they do seek help from their trainers or their resources, they feel like they they shouldn't be there.
0: That's a tough thing, because I think, especially at the pro level, and this is just my experience, when you speak up about an injury, the conversation will immediately shift to, what you're missing in terms of practices, being pulled from a game. Like, it's really like, oh, oh, now we have to rearrange everything or reset formations. And so you definitely are not really enthusiastic about raising your hand to say, I literally can't perform. Definitely a shift that I hope can happen as well, because if you're not feeling safe to bring up the concerns that you have, and this is just speaking to directors, I think too, but I think it carries over probably when you're talking to the health professionals, just like, you're probably downplaying what you're experiencing rather than really speaking up about the concerns because it is almost viewed as complaining. It's just a mentality shift that hopefully will happen because you have to speak up to be able to take care of, take care of yourself.
1: Yep. That's, that's such a big issue. I think in our community in general of asking for help, Mm -hmm. I think that the majority of dancers are hurting every day. We train hard, like no doubt. And sometimes we don't know if that pain is from the training or from an injury, like that it's happening. It already has happened. It's about to happen. And so we Mm kind of just push Mm -hmm. that down because all we hear is push, push, push. The show must go on, right? Like you, you got to just go, go, go all the time. And it's never enough. We're always training constantly growing. And I think that comes from part of that. Mm-hmm. And also of speaking up at such a young age, the first thing that you're told is you need to sit out, which is the last thing any of us want to do. Yeah, Like, so you don't say anything because I'm not going to sit out and watch everybody dance. I'm going to push through this pain. So I'll go out to my dance bag and I'd grab some Tylenol and then I'd come right back in and go to dance. Like that's what mm-hmm. I did. I mm-hmm. was always living off a of Tylenol, Advil, whatever I could take whatever was in my bag before class, during class, after class, because I wanted to dance, even though I was having this crazy back pain. Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that was my goal. And I feel like with us always hearing that or, and then that disappointment, you don't want to disappoint your teammates that they have to restage everything and wreck yeah. your rehearsals. Like you, that burden is a lot for somebody that's injured and knowing the effect that it has on your team. Mm-hmm. And what at any age, at any age, professionalism, like you don't want to let anybody down. So exactly. again, like full circle moment, like sitting in a competition, like I got to see a little girl be injured and sit in that stand and watch her team compete and cry. Cause she wasn't on stage mm-hmm. and then they won. And then she's like, do I go on stage? Do I not? It was just this horrible, heartbreaking experience that we really don't talk about how it really does affect the person that's injured sure. of not being able to show up for their teammates. It's it's not a good position to be in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think just talking about injuries more would be helpful. I think also when a, when a dancer says that I don't feel good or I'm injured, we should believe them
0: <laughs> because mm-hmm.
1: it takes a lot for us to even say it. Say it, yeah. I and then we do. just want you to care and listen, not for us to say we have to go sit in the corner and watch. So that's why we keep our mouth shut. We keep dancing because I don't want to sit in that corner. So if we would just change the the conversation of a dancer saying, hi, you know, Miss so and so, I'm not feeling good today. My ankle's kind of hurting. Why don't we ask a few more questions about what that is? Are you still able to dance? Can you still do bar? Can you do some modifications instead? Mm -hmm. And still keep them there, but we maybe just do some modifications instead let the studio owner know. Maybe we have an injury log, even in the dance studio, of watching some of these injuries. So maybe we can watch and see. You know, just maybe yeah. a little simple changes like that of accepting that it's okay that you're hurt. Why, right. also dancers, we don't have a recovery station. There are other sports out there that. Everybody knows every single thing about their injury log, right? Everything head to toe. They know what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's going on with our bodies. Imagine if we had the medical team and the people doing the research on us and watching all these stats on our jumps, our leaps, our turns. Like, can you yes. imagine if we oh had that in there? right? And we crazy. had an athletic trainer being there for our rehearsals. Imagine a physical therapist coming in and watching your choreography and doing a choreography review and saying, okay, what are we looking at here? How many people have you have injuries? Like watching an injury log, right? Because dancers, we don't have an injury log. It's like, what do you got? You're what crazy. do you got? What do you, what do you do? Actually, we don't even talk about it, right? We don't even we say don't. it. I was about to say, speaking even. nobody, say it.
0: Speaking up to even... No, nobody says, it. Nobody
1: says it. it. So again, it's just, we are working with what we have, but what we have is not good enough we need to do better and we need to have these resources available on all levels of dance yes.
0: and we deserve
1: it why why do we not have medical professionals but other sports do and it's because we're right. not considered a sport and we're not considered an athlete we're considered a spirit line who shakes it and that is not what we are we are so much more than that so much more
0: To reach the professional level and cheerleading in dance. I mean, obviously, all resources are on deck for the players. I get it. But you just can't convince me that there isn't some spillover or some way to share some of those resources. And, you know, we practice in the evenings at these facilities, maybe where, you know, everybody's there during the day. But I just have a hard time thinking that there couldn't be somebody available for practice twice a week or just on call or something, or at least just a process that this teams follow when there is an injury you know we're going to sit you out for this evening we're going to make sure that you get to the athletic trainer tomorrow or like figuring out like something that's just an established protocol for when there are injuries for the professional cheerleading and dance teams and like at least at the top NBA and NFL level I just can't imagine why that can't be something that could be implemented for everyone
1: is that like I super far back from a pipe dream or what? <laughs> it's going to yeah. happen. It really is. We will get there. We we are fighting every day for better conditions for dancers and all genres, all levels. And I feel like it circles back. And this is a story that I mentioned to you before that I feel like mm-hmm. is super important when it comes to asking for things. We usually don't because we just mm-hmm. think this is what we're going to get. And we don't want to cause any ruffles or we hear, well, you're you're lucky you got this. So we just are just happy that we have whatever we're given. And we don't want to ask for anything more. And I was at my son's freshman football game in the middle of the week. And, and there are people there. It's a big football thing. Somebody got injured. And I swear there's probably five people that ran on that field. I mean, instantly they had two PT tables. They're ready to go and take care of these, these football players at high school on a freshman level. They have all these resources available for these kids. Which is amazing, right? Because that's my son. But I'm also a dancer at heart, and I would also like this for the dancers. And in that same game, I'm waiting around, and I heard a mom say, "You don't have to get on the bus with the football players. You can come home with me." And she says, "Yeah, but I'm supposed to go on the the bus with them." She said, "Don't worry, you're a dancer. Nobody will notice that you're not even there." I was like, "Oh, like it broke my heart because it's true, like." I mean, let's yeah. talk about it. I mean, it's kind of true. Yeah. Right? They're not going to notice that we're there or not. Right. So <clears throat> I see the vice principal standing and I said, Hey, you know, great game. You know, this is awesome. Amazing. I said, I noticed that you have some amazing resources available for your football players. He's like, Oh yeah. You know, we have this, we have this, we have these volunteers, we have an athletic trainer. He was so proud of all these things that they had for them. So I asked him a question. I co- I already knew the answer, but I thought I'd ask. And I said, Hey, I said, do you also provide these kind of resources for the dancers? I mean, Loki, I kind of chuckled inside because you just know, like, of course, we, yeah. don't. Like, we don't have right. anything. And he says, you know, um, we don't have it for the dancers, but we have it for everybody else. Like all the, other, oh. all the other athletes. And I was like, well, they are athletes, too. And he goes, well, yeah, yeah, you know, they're athletes. And I said, well, why don't you provide these kind of services to the dancers? And he said, well, you know, they never asked. I didn't know. Mm. And that hit me that they don't Mm -hmm. know. It wasn't that he didn't want to provide them or that he didn't believe in those types of services. He just didn't realize that the dance community needed it because his Mm. normalcy is also, they're just there to be a spirit line. They're there just to shake the pom-poms. They just really don't understand the athleticism. And so since that moment, it really did change the way that I come at trying to make these changes within the community mm-hmm. of just really of like, of an understanding that they really don't understand what this is. And we, that is our job to explain that. So I try to help them understand. Yeah. Yeah. So we are this on a task. Upset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, how do you not think of this? Um,
0: yeah. You definitely have to come at it with just solutions oriented and also taking into account that maybe people don't realize or know better. We do have to speak up or be willing to advocate for ourselves in that way. And it doesn't always have to be like an us versus them dynamic. I think that comes into play if you make the ask and then you're told no for no good reason. And obviously things will ratchet up.
1: From, from I don't there. have a problem. I don't have a problem rising <laughs> it up from there because we, we have had that opportunity where mm-hmm. it just wasn't a good enough reason. And, you know, you have to make different situations and we were in a situation with LSU <clears throat> during mm-hmm. the pandemic where they did let them know that they couldn't compete because they didn't have the resources available for the team. They did have the resources, but just they said that the dancers used too many resources and they just didn't have it because the schedule got changed and they shared an athletic trainer with the basketball team. So oh, the I dancers see. don't have somebody that specializes in dancers. The cheerleaders, I believe they had somebody that specialized in golf, so they they shared that, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: they really didn't understand like the athleticism behind it. So we really did have to be able to come and talk about the rehearsals and what they were doing, and they really did understand it when we were able just to, to talk with LSU and give them a little bit more information. It was really nice to hear their feedback of really trying to listen to like and explain like what that was, and. Even though at the end of the day, they weren't able to compete under the LSU umbrella, they were given an athletic trainer that specialized in dancers this season. So That's might not awesome. have won everything, but we, we are making, you know, small strides into that. And um, we mm-hmm. were able to provide some amazing resources for the LSU team that they created on the side since they weren't able to compete with LSU. They created another um, team called Crew L.A., uh-huh. And a studio donated their time so they could rehearse. <clears throat> we had Ochner donate an athletic trainer to be at rehearsals to go ahead and manage that. We were wow. able to donate um, and our dance specialist donated her time to provide a choreography review, which reviewed all of their amazing choreography by Carson and Sammy um, from Tribe 99 they even put a heel section in the hip hop number. I mean, they went all out for this number. So we were able to do this choreography review and really come in from a dancer aspect and say, okay, who's in the heel section. Okay. Who's not, you know, and looking, they Mm -hmm. did have an injury log. So we were able to look at that. So they said, okay, this and that, and there was actually no modifications needed, but she also created a personalized warm up based oh, based on the choreography based on the choreography yes, yes. okay so awesome. they, right and that's just that specialization that we do just like in football i'm sure they have a personalized warm-up based upon what they also, are going to based do on you on know position group yeah they you have. No, they based do on
0: position group yeah right
1: so imagine if we had that i mean the number one injury for dance is over usage and repetition right like we're always mm-hmm. doing the same movement when we are doing that choreography number for two minutes so to be able to have an athletic trainer come in and see if there was anything that she needed to do, if there was any major injuries. Really bring that cross training in there. It's so, so, so important. Mm-hmm. And then you have the dance specialist aspect of coming in from a health and wellness side to do a choreography review, see if there's any modifications needed. Maybe there's six hair whips and she says, Hey, can we do two instead? I'm sure there's way more than six hair whips in, a, in, a, yeah. in one of these. <laughs> I'm just being very modest, but like little things like that. Yeah. Um, and with the hair whips, like during um, rehearsal, our physical therapist, Mary Beth Foreman, was able to take a look. And really create this warm up to really limit the amount of injuries that we're seeing there. Mm-hmm. So, I will tell you that LSU's Crew LA was able to travel to Chicago to compete on stage. We flew out and got to meet them there. The athletic oh, trainer came. Mm-hmm. We got to see them compete on stage. They blew the house down. They got first, they got first overall. And the number one thing. Nobody had any injuries and there were no restaging that needed to be done because okay. they had those resources available to them. Mm-hmm, and that really does mm-hmm. speak volumes. If we can provide these kind of resources that are available for other athletes in sports and to dance, imagine what we can do. Imagine the amount of pain that we will not be in, you know, again, That's dancers brilliant. are in pain every day. So if we can limit that exposure in that time, I mean, why are we not I
0: remember seeing the whole LSU story and just their activism. Shout out to all of the dancers that were willing to speak up.
1: All of them are an amazing group of human beings, the yeah. way they support one another. And I feel like that's why a lot of this works is because they had the support of yeah. each other. That's why it worked. Because and sometimes just... you can
0: lose that with people kind of being frustrated. Sometimes when there are a few that will speak up on a team, either fear or whatever else may be at play will sometimes impact the level of support that you can get from your own team or your director. And so it all factors into how far things can go. It can go a different direction pretty easily. So I'm I'm so happy to hear that they were supportive of each other. I just love hearing us supporting one another because it's not easy putting yourself out there to make some of these changes. And it can be really disheartening if you have a different experience from everything I keep hearing from people.
1: I feel like that's where I have seen it work is when everybody supports each other and everybody comes together and that's on all levels at any level of any change. That's how it's worked is when they all came together. I've spoken with people that toured with Justin Timberlake, uh, Madonna, where the dancers came together and said, we're not dancing unless XYZ is happening. Mm. But it doesn't happen unless you all come together. Come together. If somebody like, oh no, no, I don't want to lose my job, it's not happening. So yeah. it really does it does matter when you have that support. And I don't know about you, but when I feel that I'm supported and loved and cared about, I feel like I'm on top of the world and I can do anything. And anything. That's, I was about to say feel
0: invincible, and you can yeah. kind of go after the, your biggest and wildest dreams and adventures because you feel that love and support. It's crucial. It's wonderful to see communities kind of tighten up and maybe social media or the pandemic, all the things that kind of make people care more. That support is just so, so important. I'm really pleased when I look back on the past three years, because I think even in our space with NFL cheerleaders that were coming forward with lawsuits and kind of how they were like the black sheep of this community, which I remember just in our first season, I was just like, this really makes me mad because I mean, they literally were like ostracized, you know, from their teammates and obviously with the lawsuits, they lost a lot. And it was just like, because of them, you're benefiting from getting paid minimum wage or, you know, there's things that have happened. And so I'm really sensitive about that part when there's that lack of support, because it really is unfortunate for people who have the courage to speak up. And if you're just left on Gilligan's Island, so to speak, and just kind of all by yourself. It's just, it breaks my heart. I I can't stand that. So, I mean, I I love hearing stories like this where people were willing to to stand with them because that's how change is made. It doesn't happen any other way. It just doesn't. It It doesn't. doesn't.
1: I will say that not only was one of my favorite moments of like going to Chicago and actually meeting these people in person and seeing them and seeing the dancers on stage. One of my favorite moments was watching the four of them watch their dancers and cheer with everything that they absolutely had in their bodies that Mm -hmm. I I had to step back from recording them so I could put them in the shot shot. because Mm -hmm. it was so amazing the cheer and the support that they had for them just true love and caring for that team and that was like Woo. Like you just, you know, like you're right. You feel it. You feel it. You you know, that moment, you know, that moment that we're talking Mm -hmm. about and Mm -hmm. to see the two choreographers there and the two coaches there after everything that we've been through. I mean, it was a long journey to get where we were long journey, long and short journey. We had to make it happen quick, but yeah, (laughs) it was a moment. It's support, support, love. Yeah. I think that's what it's really all about within each other and showing that grace to one another. And knowing that your teammates having a hard time and you can still be there for them and not ostracize them. That kills me to know. end. that when you find, you know, those few that are stepping out to really talk about what's right, they're not trying to get money. I mean, sometimes oh. at the end of the day we are trying to get more money because we're not getting paid enough. Like let's, let's be honest, yeah, right. but it's really about how we're being treated be treated, and that it's being mm-hmm. better conditions and that we deserve more because we do, you know, when you hear about it, like on the professional level that these dancers are getting paid peanuts compared to the musicians behind them. I mean, these dancers, I mean, they're using their entire bodies or whole human being through the show and you get paid 10% of what somebody else does. Like, why is that? why are we so disposable? Like, why aren't the agencies standing up saying no, like they are going to get, you know, 10 grand a show or whatever it is. I don't know what they make on a world tour, but shouldn't be $2,000. Why, you know, you're making a million dollars off of merch. I mean, just give, just give the dancers the, the proceeds off of what you make on one shirt we'll be good. You know, like. Exactly. There's room for
0: conditions to change. And I'm so excited about what we're seeing with Taja Riley and other people coming forward to speak up about conditions because you would never think just how glamorous everything looks and how amazingly talented these dancers are. I don't know what I even thought that they might get in terms of compensation, but just in t- not even just the pay, but like you said, that the care for them while they're on tour or showing up for these shoots. And it's really appalling. And I, I hope that this movement keeps going and that people really are not afraid to hold them accountable because it's, it's not okay. It's just not.
1: Right. Like we kind of talked before about, we didn't think that you worked and trained your whole life to then to be treated like this. Like, I've been working and training my whole life for this. For this, Like what at this level, how, how are we there? And a few years ago with the baby was in the news uh-huh. with how he treated his dancers. We ended up driving out to LA immediately. We were at their meeting to hear the conditions that were under. And I feel like that, that might've been my real trigger. was right there of like mm. where the advocacy might've started. Cause to hear that these professional dancers are not getting water or food. I mean, that's basic necessities. Hearing that you're in rehearsal all day and you get one pizza to share for twenty people, what? like, look, like, Sorry, I know, I did not right? Hear
0: about this what? Right.
1: Well, these are behind-the-scenes stories too. Right. You know, like, yeah. but these are but yeah. these are the conditions that are happening to the dancers. And I mean, obviously, this is not all camps, but it is right. most camps. Um, too many. You you for don't sure. hear very often that. Imagine now, again, you've made it, you're on tour, you're dancing every night, every other night, you're traveling to all these different places, different time zones. It's very hard on your body to be going through this and you have no medical attention.
0: And if you get hurt, like, you're
1: just sent home from tour and replaced like with, yeah. Like that, that. like that. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. you've gone home. And most of the time, the dancers that are on tour, they don't just have a little booboo injury. They have an injury that now sends them home for surgery. And now you're at home and now you have to recover for the next three to six months. It's not just a, a little thing, you know, when you're at yeah. that level. And I feel like these tours need to have medical professionals on tour with the dancers, not just especially one, multiple. See,
0: especially when you see how elaborate the sets are and like all the acrobatics and things that are going on.
1: That really needs to change. Like we, we need that. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, who do we talk to to make that change? That's the thing is who, who's in charge of the budget on the, the tour and who's making those decisions. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, again, it comes back to those people that are making the decisions don't know that you need the resources. It really comes yeah. down to that again. So it's now it comes to the game of who do you know? Do you know anybody? So now if we can have the community understand that there is this issue and that we know about it, maybe now next time that you're on tour and you go, Oh, that's the tour manager, send us their information. I would be happy to reach out and say, Hey, this is what this is because it benefits you. I don't need to have your name in it. You don't need to be mentioned unless you would like to have a connection, Mm -hmm. feel free and reach out to us, you know, at our email address at contact at doctors for dancers. You can say, Hey, I'm on this tour. I feel like this is the person that makes the decisions. Here's their contact Mm -hmm. information leave me out of it or, Hey, feel free. I'll connect you in, you know, other people, sometimes they don't want anybody to know that they're dropping that information. That's totally fine. Cause that's just the way our industry is. That's just the way it is. Um, but in order for to make change, we need to talk to the right people, the decision makers, right? Like how do we get there? And that's where I find that that's my hindrance on really making changes. I don't know who to talk to, to, to make those decisions to talk. I feel like once we are able to, make that connection. I feel like they're very open to it, or they at least want to try it out. Um, there are some tours that will provide massages in certain cities, but at the end of the day, some of them are not dance specialists and they're, they're actually giving you the wrong massage right before you're supposed to go on.
0: Go on, And then you end up being more like, I could see that like it's sore some- or not feeling. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Like some people don't know, like you shouldn't get a deep tissue massage before you're supposed to perform. You know, like little things like that. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. like we're dancers and we're hurt. So we're like, get in there. Like get (laughs) you know, we want it. Um, but Mm -hmm. it's not a good idea for you to do something like that before you go and perform. Perform. You know, so like little things Mm -hmm. like that, it does matter to find the proper people to be able to perform these techniques on you. And that's why Doctors for Dancers is important because we have people that specialize in dancers. And understand right. what you do and the details matter for your care in the long run. So, but at the end of the day, if it's us or someone else, at least you're getting some type of care, some you know, type care. some yeah. type of care, because again, something's better than nothing. So
0: are you always kind of in this advocacy space with Doctors for Dancers?
1: I think I've always been that way my entire life. I really like justice and really trying to care for others. So I think that's mm-hmm. always been there. Um, that's definitely been a part of us, but uh, NDCA actually reached out to us we're on a task force trying to figure out how to make this better for the dancers right now so we have a task force mm-hmm. behind the scenes that we've been working on so terry Rowe reached out to me and said hey yes, i think you I terry. oh awesome great. so this
0: is the yes. national what, what's the MDT? the national
1: Nation- dance, dance coach, coach association okay. Yeah. she's yeah.
0: amazing she I is think amazing. i talked to her for like three hours <laughs>
1: straight we were just covering everything i love that I love that. I will tell you that woman really is very well rounded. She knows Mm -hmm. a lot of different genres. Even though we're in dance, I don't think outside people understand that. I don't know the ballroom world. You know, like I don't know that we're all in different worlds, but we all share the same love. So, it doesn't matter where you are. If like things are going on that are wrong, like how could we help? So yeah, she sent us over the YouTube video that Sammy had created Mm -hmm. and I was blown away by her advocacy and the way that she was standing up for that video. If you haven't seen it, you have to check it out because I will link it, it
0: in the show notes. Yeah.
1: yeah, And this is not an isolated situation. This is happening at other universities all across. So for the alumni to stand up to LSU for this, obviously they thought it was very important because they thought that they were treated unjustly, which mm-hmm. I truly believe they were as well. Yeah. And so we we said, how can we help? And I was like, I want to talk to that girl. I want to talk yeah. to Sammy. Like, <laughs> so it's crazy that we all met, but yeah, I think just the shared of love of trying to help others that shouldn't be told that they can't compete because they utilize too many resources and we don't have enough resources for you. I just think is not okay at all. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's where we have to stand up and let them know, you know, what dancers do. And that's when we, we were able to, after many attempts, we did get on a phone call with LSU and we had um, multiple dance specialists from across the country on that phone call. We had researchers and dance and we had them all on there. It was really a a beautiful sight to see because I can't do this by myself. It's not, it's not just me when we say doctors for dancers and you know, it's not just me, it's all of our dance specialists. It's all of the dance community fighting every day for better conditions. And it really is going to be by educating the top on what we do why we need mm-hmm. it and the they they are a business too so the budget goes in there right budget on on all life um so we have to let right. them know we, we need some of that money over here you have a 100 million at this one program and we have 10,000 over here can we have a little bit more on this side over here move some stuff around <laughs> move, some stuff, move around. some stuff around yeah exactly. yes well no,
0: that's so exciting yeah. to think of just being able to show up in that way because i mean sometimes when these you know, if you're dancers and you're trying to get a not necessarily a movement started, but you're trying to get momentum or, or get people to care about the issue that you're raising. And no, we're not doing it for attention. I mean, you're really hoping for a solution or at least a seat at the table so that you can express those concerns. And sometimes they don't take you up on it. Like they aren't willing to meet with you. They don't want to talk to you. And so being able to have, gosh, the resources and support of Doctors for Dancers for LSU, Tiger Girls must have been just monumental and just so appreciated goodness because to get that meeting to be able to put all those specialists and experts in the room I mean that gets their attention at the end of the day you're saving the money the anyway don't the- get me par- <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> we're not we're getting you know some injuries that we're avoiding and there's also some benefits obviously for the universities too if they can expand their their viewpoint as to being responsible to the cheerleaders and dancers in a way that I think they just haven't really fully embraced, but we'll get there.
1: <laughs> we're gonna get there. It's I gonna happen. It. Yeah, it's um, gonna happen one way or another. Like we're gonna be able to get the schools and the colleges on board that dancers yeah. are athletes and that they yeah. needed to be treated as such. And you know, you are the university that they are paying to be educated at or a scholarship. And and uh, I feel like if you are a dancer, you're gonna want to know which university is going to treat you the right way. And that's important. You know, when you are so picking important. a place, you know, see what kind of resources are available for you when you are picking a college. It's so important. Um, do you have an athletic trainer that's designated for your team? Unfortunately, most of the answer is probably going to be no. Yeah. yeah. Now, but, but we're, we'll get there. We'll get there.
0: But even asking those questions, I think it's just important to show that people are concerned enough to, to want to know. And I think that's, of like where this all comes from is just the courage to speak up and to ask those questions and and have that expectation that this will be the new norm and that we should all want to push in that direction. I love hearing about the collaboration right because like you said there's so many different segments within dance like the ballroom world or the competition the college the pro level like but we're all dancers and you think about like the commercial dance industry where you know the dancers that are music videos or touring with artists like similar issues all across the board. So we might as well all work together and to share those resources. And so that's really why I was so excited to have professional cheerleaders and dancers understand that a resource like Doctors for Dancers exists because some teams, like I said, are better than others at providing those additional resources, but it's something that's for all dancers. I've been to the website. It'll be linked in the show notes as well. But in addition to finding a dance specialist, what else can people gain from going to Doctors for Dancers for help?
1: We have some amazing free workshops that are available on YouTube. And one of them that is near and dear to our heart is the 10 minute warm up. <laughs> if we okay. can encourage dancers to warm up, that will really, really help reduce the amount of injuries that you see. Mm-hmm. And some people say, I don't have time for that. So we teamed up with one of our dance specialists, uh, Katie Shar from Modi out of Los Angeles. And we were able to get uh, 10 professional dancers and choreographers in that video to show their support that it's also well needed. So we have people from all walks of life and background that are in this warm up video. And it's a 10 minute, three song impactful warm up that you can do anywhere that you want. We really created it in mind for an overall and not just a specific genre for a warm up, just mm-hmm. a 10 minute impactful warm up to be able to get your juices flowing so that you're ready to go
0: that will be linked in the show
1: notes for sure. That one was really good. And then Uh something that I didn't realize when I was younger either was my hips always popped. And if you ask a dancer, do your hips pop, especially like when you do like the bicycle, um, when you're doing crunches, like, you know, that hip is popping. That was kind of normal for me. It's actually not normal. Uh, so we have another workshop. It's called stop the pop. And Lisa Lauer out of Virginia is talking about hip impingement and how these popping actually can affect us and produce additional injuries so you can hear from dancers having tears from their hips because of this popping is not addressed and affected so she gives you exercises awesome. on how to help eliminate and reduce your your popping so that you don't have those hip injuries so that one would be something that I would definitely recommend okay, as well but there's absolutely. some really cool like free videos that we have on there we have our Instagram page and we post all amazing tips and techniques from our other dance specialists and definitely check. We're all over the United States. So for somebody that's looking for a dance specialist, whether that's online or in person, we have those available all across. It's really nice to also like read their bios, like what genre are they in? Like where'd they work at? So like where you're typically like just listing your like credentials of your background, we encourage our dance yes. specialists to say where they worked at. So you can see Joffrey. And so you think in world of dance and, oh, that, you know, some cool. of the artists yeah. that they've worked on, you know, with yeah. Janet, and we have some really big uh, dance specialists that really have uh, some amazing backgrounds in the dance world that are able to help. So it's really, it's really neat. Oh,
0: that's so exciting. And then yep. even from my view, like looking at the articles and like, the posts that are up there as well I just think it's an awesome resource everybody go check it out and I guess we'll end with one last question um what are your future aspirations you know for the dance community as it pertains to dancer health and safety and and wellness in general if you could wave your magic wand what would it be like
1: (laughs) girl (laughs) (laughs) so much I think well right now the project that we're working on is that we are going to have doctors for dancers on tour with a dance convention and right what what that is is there's hundreds if not sometimes thousands of dancers at these dance conventions Mm -hmm. and when we get hurt usually we're going to our parent or our dance teacher or kind of sitting out in the hallway trying to find some ice there's no like first aid station for us. And what we would like to do is provide a whole team of dance specialists at these dance conventions and have a recovery center and have it available if you're injured or you have a pre existing injury. A lot of them have surgeries we're still dancing on that we are now training, right? We're at a convention, we train hard all day long for three days straight. We, yeah. we need some recovery. I mean, that's super important that we, we never do is we never stop. There's no recovery in dance. It's, the season's all year long. We're just dancing every single day. And so now we're seeing a lot of injuries. So we would mm-hmm. like to see a recovery center and we would like it supported and sponsored by other organizations that also believe in what we are doing to help dancers, not just football and basketball and soccer. We want to see dance. Nike just came out with a dance shoe exactly Uh
0: they're slowly catching on they have been now they have
1: actually been researching this for years because we were in la a couple years ago we heard nike was making their rounds in la meeting with the professional dancers seeing how they dance working with kinjas paris global this is huge for the dance community that we now have a shoe that's doing after dance for it not just football, basketball, and soccer. So, yeah, I know I'm yeah. kind of all over the place because you gave no, me a really loaded question there. I did, but I um, love that- yes that
0: the brands that are starting to take note of us as athletes as well, and like this is kind of how the world will start to improve for dancers slowly but surely is just understanding our needs, and that's what gives me hope at least for our community is just that teams take notice you know, the awareness and the education gets leveled up so that everybody's kind of on the same page about what we do and just more ideas splurred us of how to be more supportive of dancers.
1: We're definitely trying. I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of the the dancers with the recovery is, is we want to also supply services that don't cost anything. You know, there's a lot of things that Mm -hmm. we can do just having Mm -hmm. ice available, like just having an ice pack. Like we don't even have that. Like, if you really think about it, where do we go? Like, I was in one of the biggest studios out of L.A., one of the biggest, Mm -hmm. and somebody got injured while I was there. And I said, hey, do you have an ice pack? And they told me to go next door to the Mexican restaurant to go get some ice. You're kidding. So they didn't even have one, let alone they wouldn't even go get it themselves, you know, to help this girl. They told me to go get it. So I just think that we just have to start being kind to each other, like you said, and supporting one another. And Mm -hmm. I think just combining cheer and dance, we're right next to each other all through high school and middle school. Like we need to join forces. I don't think they need to be separate. We all love and, you know, do that. Yes. We're all different in our own genre, but I think that if we come together, we have more, we can do more with more numbers. Right. Again, at the beginning, I can't do it by myself, but like You having this platform to be able to use your voice and advocate for better conditions all the way across, like this will help, you know, just another person. So whoever's listening to this is another person that can hopefully, you know, maybe reach out to their athletic trainer or to their department and say, hey, you know, what do you think about next season? You know, probably nothing's going to happen this year, right? People have already had their stuff, but for next year, let's start planning for 2022 2023 season. Let's start planning ahead now and starting these conversations because it's not going to just be one conversation. Be ready for eight to 10 conversations before we actually see change. Don't give up, don't do it one time and go, Oh, they didn't listen. We're all done. It's going to take a minute. And it's taken us a long time to get where we are today. So just remember mm-hmm. that when you're in your head, when you really are trying to make change in your own organization or your own school, it's going to take some time, grab a friend, grab many friends, yeah. grab friends yeah. from other sports. Um, LSU had the backing from the quarterback that really spoke volumes. Find your other support systems that are just Mm -hmm. not within your community. Um, And they will also need some talking to and some coercion of like, what do you do and why is it important? And we are here to help let them know that you are important. You are an athlete and you do matter. So I think that's important. It is
0: so, so important. And I hope for everybody listening, like you said, The takeaway could just very well be looking at the dance specialists in your area for your team that you're a part of. And maybe it's just a resource that you're providing to your director where you say, hey, there is Doctors for Dancers out there. They have dance specialists in our area. Do you think it's part of orientation? Maybe this specialist could come and put on like a presentation of like stretches that we could do or I don't know, start somewhere, you know, because maybe it's not like they're hired on as like an athletic trainer or whatever for the team. But there's a lot in between leading up to that, where maybe you can just spread the word about Doctors for Dancers. And maybe there's an opportunity to benefit from some of the resources that are provided just for your team. Some to think about. that's
1: that's great. It's not an all or nothing approach, you know, something's better than nothing. And um, our dance specialists love to provide education on what that looks like your hydration, your recovery, you know, what kind of um, exercises should we be doing? Are we having a lot of um, hair whips going on? Like Mary Beth Foreman, she had said, you know, pull your hair back, put it in a ponytail so that it doesn't have that. that torque. That's what, So it doesn't have as much on that. So you're not hurting your neck as much like little things like that if you don't understand dance, it's just like those little things do matter. And our necks matter. I'm sure how many hair webs have you done? Like your neck hurts. So like Mm -hmm. what kind of exercises can we do to strengthen our neck, our shoulders, our back muscles to do those hair webs properly? So our necks are not killing us. What kind of recovery should we be doing? Ice stem massage? Like what can we do to recover now that muscle, like all Mm -hmm. those little things matter. And us as an athlete should be given. So, like you said, just those little things, bringing out that education can really, really make a difference. Make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So thankful, Jennifer, for your time and just sharing all this helpful information. I will have links to everything that you mentioned in the show notes so people can check it out. Obviously, to your Instagram, it's at Doctors for Dancers. The website will be linked as well. But thank you for all that you're doing. I think you are changing the path for so many dancers to enjoy a longer career, probably in dance, Um, a safer one, a healthier one. And so to everyone as part of your team, thank you for everything that you're doing.
1: Thank you. We're (laughs) so excited that it has come into this and the advocacy work and the education and, and us all coming together as a community to make this a better place. And we really wake up every day and we just love what we do because we know at the end of the day, we're really just helping the dance community dance longer and you know without as much pain so we're excited thank you again for having us and oh, thank man. you so much for what you are trying to provide for your community as well on really bringing these resources out so that they can have a better team and have a better experience throughout
0: absolutely and let me know if there's anything that I can do in general with all the initiatives that you're working on to be happy to support so
1: yes thank you you know we we are looking for volunteers too so if If there are people out there that are wanting to help, we are definitely looking for some help too. So if anybody wants to volunteer, feel free and reach out to us at contact at Doctorsfordancers.com. Perfect.
0: Perfect. I mean, we have all these people in our community that have all these amazing backgrounds and pursuits in in college. And if if you're even studying medicine or. You might have something to lend to the organization as well that would be right in the same space of what you're passionate about. So absolutely look out for those opportunities to, to volunteer and contribute. So thank you so much.
1: If you hear anything that we can help with, let me know. We're happy to get on the phone and see whatever we can do. Sometimes it's just, you know, another voice. So we're happy to help.
0: Yeah. I'll definitely let you know I'm excited about this episode. Have a wonderful day. And you too. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter, or on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.